the Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Welcome to the Long Story Short, the weekly podcast on Burn Media. I'm Liz Calloway. If you're enjoying the Long Story Short, be sure to like it and share it with your friends. We all need to work together to save America. And now on with the show. It's Long Story Short with Liz Calloway. And joining us right now is, from Breitbart, Emma Jo Morris. Good morning, Emma. Hey, Liz. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You are the political editor for Breitbart News, and, um, you know, you were also the reporter who broke the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story in the New York Post when you were working there. Um, Tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Just give us a little history about how that came to be and your relationship with Miranda Devine, because uh, she is the one that we've been, you know, we played a clip earlier of her being interviewed with Tucker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So um, this goes back to, obviously, uh, like about September 2020, mid-September 2020. I got a call from Steve Bannon, actually, who I didn't know at the time. I knew his producer, who I had been friends with for years in New York, um, from before he worked for Steve. And anyway, I go work at the New York Post from Hannity, and and my friend goes to work for Steve, and he was the one who had insisted that Steve call me with this when they had that material. Um, So I get this call from Steve Bannon, and he says, I have a story that's going to change your life. And I Hmm. was like, What's that? <laughs> you know, he tells like Biden's computer. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, and so, so you know, I was obviously very skeptical, and we're kind of going back and forth. There was a lot of negotiating. Um, Miranda is a mentor of mine and a very close friend of mine. Um, you know, she was helpful in getting me over to the Post when I was working at Fox News, and uh, and we're very close. And she's a columnist at, at, at the New York Post, um, one of their best, if, if not their best, um, and. Anyway, when, when all of this was going on, I was, as you can probably imagine, in the early stages, um, weary and in need of advice. <laughs> so I roped Miranda in at, at one point, you know, while this was kind of in the works. And um, so she wrote the column and the opinion as I was writing the news, um, you know, because the Post obviously offers news and opinion. So on a story like this, you know, we had opinion ready to go on the same day that the news story broke. So... You know, I was I was working on the news side as the deputy politics editor, and I wrote the news stories for the laptop from hell. And and Miranda, um, who I'm so grateful to have, you know, around gave kind of like some analysis at the same time in her opinion column. So so you write the article and then the next thing you know, it's being suppressed and blocked and, you know, you're deplatformed. What happened to you personally during that time period? And what was your did you I mean, when you when you feel like the big tech is after you and, and the and big politicians are after you and the government, it seems, is suppressing this. I mean, what, how does that make you feel? It was definitely scary. Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little worried about eating at restaurants in that time immediately. Right, right. <laughs> no, but, you know, I mean, the truth is that the most of it was just you know, the media kind of, the media was so um, horrible at this time, and it really solidified my belief that they're just totally useless um, and not worthy of, you know, a modicum of respect from, from anybody, and definitely not their readers. Um, because the first thing that happened when this all started was I started getting phone calls for comments. 
about articles about me personally. Mm. And not only articles about me personally, they're not writing about my lifestyle and my dogs, okay? They're, they're trying to say that I'm anti-Semitic or that I really? am Russian disinformation or that I'm a right-wing operative. You know, I'm talking about, like, some of the most disgusting claims you could imagine about a journalist. And, and by the way, for your listeners, I'm Jewish. Um, wow. So that was an especially... <laughs> amazing um, accusation against me. Um, you know, it was nasty. It was vicious. People were going through my Instagram and using photos on my Instagram to say that I'm some, like, some sort of duplicitous. It was crazy. It was so crazy. Um, and, and all, like, literally 100% lies. But, you know, that was also a moment where I thought the New York Post was kind of probably at its most shining moment, mm -hmm. maybe in its history, because at that time I was getting a deluge of, of calls for comment. We're getting an incoming, like I don't think New York Post has ever seen in terms of attacks from the legacy media. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and my editor in chief just kind of called me and was like, listen, like I know that this is horrible and, and just, just go with it. You're fine. You're fine. If we need to sue somebody, we'll sue somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, don't worry about it. Um, worst case scenario, you work here for the next 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody else will hire you. I kind of feel like that exactly. about my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, and then what happens, uh, and I'm really kind of inter interested. I know we're supposed to talk about this, but I'm kind of interested about you. What What happens that you end up moving from the post? Was this or one of the reasons why you moved into Breitbart? Or, I mean, what was the impetus? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh I don't want to bore your readers, but it's a really innocuous thing. So, um, you know, after, obviously, after all of this happened um, with the laptop from hell and the censorship and, you know, it was like huge levels of attention on me and on the post and, mm -hmm. you know, life did change, right? And yeah. and I love the post. Like, I, it was literally just, um, you know, I got a lot of calls after this and I got a lot of people kind of hitting me up and Breitbart has always been, um, Andrew Breitbart has was one of my first inspirations, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a conservative and as an editor. Um, honestly, like when I was at the Post, you know, I had Andrew in mind, and, and I would think about like bringing his spirit onto that page because I just thought he was just one of the most brilliant minds. Um, well, you obviously I, did. I, I have known. You probably made him very proud. <laughs> yeah, it, thank it, you. It, I, I like to think that Andrew would have loved that story. Yeah. <laughs> and why did Steve Bannon entrust you? You think? So, yeah, like I was saying, I kind of briefly mentioned this earlier. So I had this friend named Vish who I made when I moved to New York. I'm from Canada originally. I'm a dual citizen of the U.S. and Canada, um, and I grew up in Canada. And then after university, I came and moved to New York to work at Fox News. And um, I, I made this friend when I moved to New York, this guy named Vish, who was not in politics at the time. Politics was kind of more of a hobby for him and an interest for him. Um, he was conservative. He is conservative, obviously. Um, and so we just kind of became friends when I moved to New York. We met through mutual friends and connected, and we were hanging out. And then um, eventually he ended up getting um, an entree into politics through Steve Bannon's podcast. He was producing Steve Bannon's podcast. So um, Rudy gets a hold of this laptop um, through his lawyer. They realize they have to get it out to the press. You know, they're they're calling Bannon in to come and analyze the, the CCP materials on except Bannon's whole thing. Um, is China. And uh, when Vish saw what, what this was um, and that they were talking about getting out to the press, Vish said, like, I have this friend who is the deputy politics editor at the New York Post. She's young, but it's like a senior position. She'll be able to push it out. And 
and mm-hmm. she she's good. Like she'll handle it and and be honest with it. Um, and and it was Vish who advocated for me okay. behind the scenes to to Steve to call mm-hmm. me, and he was like, just try her, just talk to her. She's really great, and and we ended up just doing it, you know. Now, Emma, we're speaking with Emma Joe Morris of Breitbart News, the uh, the reporter who who broke the scoop here on the Hunter. Biden laptop from hell. I I need to ask you this question, though, because this should have been the story that took down the Biden campaign, and it didn't. And he's getting stronger and stronger. People are talking about how great of a president he is, you know, the people on his side, how he's running, he's going to run again. Um, And, and, you know, now Warnock is now the senator in Georgia. And the story of the Biden campaign is just is is growing. Now, I know these Twitter files are coming out. What are you mm-hmm. what what is your feeling? Have you spoken to Matt Taibbi? Have you been in contact with Elon Musk? I mean, what is your take on how this is going to land for the Biden campaign? Um, well, you know, I think I'm of the belief just in life and in general, and I'm sure your listeners will connect with this and you, um, that you can't hide from the truth. Mm-hmm. And as much as you try to obfuscate the truth, as much as you try to push it down, as much as you try to keep it from, from you know, sight, the truth always comes around. It just does. And that's just kind of the law of the universe, in my opinion. Yes. Um, and And I think that it's no different in this circumstance. So, you know, people always ask me... Um, how is this story still happening? Two years later, you know, you broke this story in 2020. We're almost in 2023 now, and, and we're still on the radio right now talking about the laptop from hell. And I think the reason for that is because the truth never came out, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's pushing to come out. And, and you have all these trickles of information, and this outlet will come and admit that they lied. And, you know, this organization will come and admit that they censored. And it's all part of that. It's all part of that, that law that the truth is, is forcing itself to the light. And, um, and I think that um, this is another manifestation of that. I have not spoken to Matt Taibbi. I have not spoken to Elon Musk, so I don't know what they have and what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know that Jim Baker was going to be a problem, and he was just fired. And for the listeners mm-hmm. who are not familiar with who that is, Jim Baker was the deputy counsel at Twitter while this was all going on. He was a theme in the emails that Matt Taibbi released um, on Friday night. And he has just been fired. Um, his history is that he was a senior member of the FBI, and he was actually at the center of the Russia hoax. So he fell up from the Russia hoax to counsel at Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then at Twitter, he's talking about how, um, oh, you know, um, we have to err on the side of censorship because we don't know this could be hacked. But the problem for Jim Baker is that on October 14th, when we published that first story that they're talking about, when they're talking about censoring the New York Post, that's the story that they're doing. And that story has a federal subpoena in it, which shows that that entire hard drive was in the possession of the FBI for a year before the New York Post had it, which would disqualify the the, the theory, let's say, the disingenuous theory mm-hmm. that this was hacked right because we probably unless they're lying unless jim baker is sitting there accusing news Corp owned by rupert murdoch which is mainstream media i mean this isn't um some random person on twitter unless jim baker is accusing news Corp of fabricating a federal document which uh is pretty intense um so jim baker would have been familiar with that document so 
I just think that Jim Baker is, is the focus of where this is going. I think the FBI is the focus of where this is going. I think that the, the real point that your listeners ought to be aware of and looking out for is, and is what happened which, with regard to the FBI guiding censorship at Twitter mm-hmm. and the fact that Jim Baker was there in the first place. What is that? Who hires a person known for the Russia hoax mm-hmm. at all? let alone Twitter, to be advising their counsel. It's very strange, um, and it makes me think that there is much more to the story with regard to the FBI's handling and, and um, insistence on censorship at Twitter, which is a flagrant, obviously, violation of the First Amendment. Hey, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think you have to be to draw that conclusion. Um, and, and that's where I think this goes, and that's where I think is worth focusing on, you know, you can comment about the groupthink at Twitter. You can comment on how liberal they are and how leftist they are and how censorious they are. And they are all of those things. And those are real observations. And I, I agree. But I think that if you really want to go to what is, what is the most important top line of all of this is Jim Baker was the one who was deciding what Matt Taibbi was going to look at. Jim Baker was the one who was deciding what the American people were going to look at on October 14th, 2020. And um, I smell a rat Mm. with regard to uh, what was going on at the FBI at the time. All right. I have like a million questions, but I know I can only get a few in. We're speaking with the Breitbart News political editor, Emma Jo Morris, uh, the reporter who broke the Hunter Biden laptop from Hell Scoop. I I need to ask you this question because Donald Trump got, you know, caught a lot of you know what for tweeting out or truthing out. Um, A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Now, just to dovetail on what you said, the truth always comes out. And I believe, like you believe, the universe always corrects itself. But sometimes it comes out too late and we and the the consequence of the truth being suppressed has already wreaked havoc in our lives i.e. Mm-hmm. president biden um mm-hmm. and so i can understand what trump is saying there and he's saying you know and and he caught a lot for this um saying oh he wants to terminate the constitution but i kind of gather what he's saying here he's saying that the you can't go back and count fraudulent votes and expect a new result it was fraudulent it was suppressed. So leading into the election was the problem. That's what he's saying. He's saying you have to throw out this whole thing like you need a whole new vote here. You need to throw out all the rules because they don't apply here. This is a massive fraud. What they did to your story was a massive mm-hmm. fraud on the American people that we were denied the ability to hear this amazing uh, insight into the inner workings of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and, you know, influence for sale story, amongst other stories here. And, you know, it it has such a major consequence. Look at us for the last two years. I mean, what is your perspective on that? You know, um, you know, the truth may come out, but is it going to matter? Well, that's it. And, you know, I, I saw that he caught a lot of heat for that. And my first reaction to that was like, what the hell? But, you know, right. I understand, you know, I under I understand the the rage, you know, yes. I understand, like, the betrayal, mm-hmm. you know, like, 
I, when I talk to people who don't follow politics much about this and they just know that I wrote this massive story that we're still talking about it, you know, I, I, I compare it to, like, imagine if you had an affair and your spouse found out and they knew for a fact that you cheated on them and you just never talked about it. Mm-hmm. Would that go away even though two years pass? Or would that still be a topic right. of, of resentment in your relationship? Of course. You know, if you just refuse to acknowledge it and they Especially knew for a fact that it happened. if you were you know, cheated so on throughout the entire courtship and got married, <laughs> okay, and then your entire right. relationship is based on a fraud. See, that's yes, the, really right. the so, point. Exactly. So I understand. What I mean just me to say is, like, right, exactly. And I under, I totally understand it. I, I, I do, um, obviously. And it's, it's kind of hard for me to summon the rage myself because I just feel like A, I've been desensitized to it and B, it's like I don't have that deep of a well of anger, you know, in me <laughs> to keep this up. But I understand that um, 100%. And so, you know, my take on that is like, yeah, you're right. We were 100% gypped. Censorship is absolutely disgusting. And when Trump's talking about, you know, tossing away the Constitution, it's obviously a horrible thing to say. But I think that that comes from a place of, well, we've already done that. Right. You know, Good so, so yeah. I understand where he's coming from. You know, I would never say that myself, but I get the anger and, mm-hmm. the, and the frustration and the feeling yeah. of betrayal. And I'm sure that that mirrors the sentiment of the American people 100 percent, you know. So but that being said, it's like I'm of the belief personally that it's like, you know, Things happen and it's horrible and politics is a blood sport, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and it's and it's often not fair. You know, this was an instance where you know I'm not of the belief that there's something going on, and you know I, I don't know I don't know enough to talk about vote counts and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that's beyond my pay grade. Okay, but I do know that this story was censored and that it was pertinent to people's feeling about their vote and that there have been multiple uh, polls since the election that showed that if that had not been censored, that it probably would have changed the outcome of the election, you know? So that's enough for me. And um, I think that's a travesty. What do I, what do I make of that now? It's like, well, I think that things happen and and you got to like learn from them and, and move forward with your mm-hmm. life. You know what I mean? And it's like Joe Biden, it's like, I can't even believe we're talking about this. We're talking about an election that wasn't fair. You know, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not like just like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, let's fix it next time. You know, I understand that maybe your listeners are like, you know, she's, she's being too cavalier. But, um, but I really think that it's like, you know, now we have Congress. Okay. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm of the belief that you take what you have and you make the best of what hand you have at the moment you know, going forward. Yeah. That's just my, my style. And that's like how I work, you know, so, it's like yeah, so Donald things happen Trump is... and you, and you take what you have and move forward. So right now we have the Republicans in power in the house. I think that it's really imperative, you know, especially with these Twitter files, what we're finding out now. And I'm sure what we're going to find out about the intelligence community's role in this. I'm telling you that that's, that's the focus. Mm. And, um, I think that that will be the focus, at least of certain committees in Congress. And I think that what do we do now with all of this anger? What do we do now with this feeling of betrayal? Mm -hmm. I think that it's important to get focused and to say, okay, this is where we are. This is what we've learned. How do we rectify this situation? You know, and I would implore people to call their members of Congress and interact with their members of Congress. You are constituents. You are not ruled over by a governing class. You have power. And you should go to your elected representatives in the House and say, hey, listen, 
this is unacceptable to me. This is absolutely unacceptable to me. I heard the whole story on Liz Calloway's show, and this doesn't work for me, okay? So I need you to make sure that this never happens again. And if that means hiring experts, if that means hiring lawyers, if that means, um, you know, having hearings and information hearings and information gathering sessions, um, I don't care what that means. And that's something that I'm willing to, to urge you to spend your time on as my representative. You know, please investigate this. Please make sure that the FBI isn't allowed to run an operation internally ever again. Please make sure that big tech is looked at in terms of antitrust. Are they a monopoly? They act like, they say they're different companies, but they don't act like it. Mm-hmm. Investigate that. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things that happen that now we can look back on and assess and say, okay, here's five points that, uh, you know, er- here's five areas where there was a problem that literally moved this election because of, of um, a, a curbing of the First Amendment, mm-hmm. you know, which is totally not, you know, we're talking about a marriage. It's like the the U.S. citizenship is a marriage, you know, and you get certain, you get a certain deal in, in, in that agreement of being a U.S. citizen. And one of them is free speech, okay? And the other is getting to cast your vote with all the information that you can. And and that marriage was violated. The marriage of your U.S. Constitute, uh, of your U.S. citizenship was violated in 2020, with this story. And I think that going forward, that's what we do is we look forward and we say, how do we protect ourselves from this, from this, like, you know, problem? Um, And how do we fix this problem? And and we have the house. Let's use it. You know, let's figure out exactly what happened. It's a huge violation. And let's ask. They're the ones who threw out the rules of the Constitution. They're the ones who are throwing out the rules. They terminated the rules. I think that's what Trump was was kind of raging at, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, that's not my style of communication, but, like, that's his. And he's saying, like, the Constitution was thrown out. Mm -hmm. And in this regard, you know, like I said, I can't speak for votes or whatever. In this regard, it was. Okay? We have a First Amendment. Period. Right. It wasn't you. Like, it was, it was, it was totally totally sullied um in this instance and it's unacceptable well maybe, so i think that that's the focus uh, emma uh, maybe you need to write us an article for that <laughs> you know tell us what to focus on and these five points of what we need to do um emma joe that's a great Morris. idea I, I love that you're like alex you know alex sometimes will give um assignments on air <laughs> and, you know that's that's a great idea i will take your assignment liz i will write that story <laughs> because we we actually need that you know how do we move forward from this part because we do feel so angry and we do see okay some heads will roll some people will lose their jobs boohoo they'll get hired somewhere right. else i don't feel bad for them but We'll we'll never get our presidential presidential election back, and we have suffered yeah. the consequences for the last two years for this. And on top of it, you know, he's riding high now on you know the the midterms and the Warnock thing, and is really looking. Everybody's talking about him running again. I mean, this could happen again. No, I know it's it's a travesty, and, and this guy is parading Hunter Biden around yeah. at all these high profile yeah. White House it's events. Disgusting. Hunter Biden was with him. Hunter Biden has, like, basically been by his side for the last month. I don't know if that's been remarked on by your listeners, but you see Hunter Biden's face more this month than you have that's probably right. your whole life. They yeah. both- and I think that that we is used to say, so Hunter? We used to say, where's Hunter? Yeah. Now exactly, yeah. we know exactly where he is. They both belong Hunter's in jail. Yeah. yeah, Hunter's hanging out at the White House. 
you know, it's like, it's, it's gross. Um, it and he, he's clearly feeling emboldened. I mean, that Hunter, showing Hunter's face at all is such an insult. Mm. You know, he knows. He knows. Emma so Joe. like, it, thank you so much for all of your hard work and your dedication to this. Emma Jo Morris, you can follow her on Breitbart News. Go to Breitbart.com. Thank you so much. I'll be looking for that article. Thank you. I will absolutely <laughs> write it. Thank you so okay. much for the idea. <laughs> all right. Next time. Thank you. Thanks. The Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Thank you for downloading Long Story Short. If you need to reach me, you can always email me at LizCallawayLLC at gmail.com. That's Callaway with all A's. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a review, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Liz Callaway.